This is Points North, a show from Interlochen Public Radio, where we hear about life in northern Michigan through the news, the people, and the places. I'm Dan Wanshura. It's back to school week, and across the state, thousands of students are starting their school year. Later on the show, how state efforts to improve reading and writing scores for third graders may be getting lost in translation. Data shows that it's not been real effective for students, but this is what the state has decided. Plus, hear from the new superintendent of Traverse City Area Public Schools. But first, school lunches. They're not free. Families pay out of pocket for meals for their students, but they can fall behind and get in debt with the district. This year, many northern Michigan schools plan to have student lunch debt, which has increased in recent years. And without a plan from the government to collect on that debt, school districts have to figure it out on their own. IPR's Taylor Wisner reports. School lunch debt has increased in recent years, to the point where the median amount each district carries is just over $3,000. That's according to the School Nutrition Association. Scott Little of the Michigan chapter of the association says for smaller districts in northern Michigan, that amount can really affect their budgets. The district is not allowed to use those federal USDA dollars to pay that debt down. So the district is going to have to figure out where else that money is going to come from. And it's going to be coming from their general fund. So that that's money they didn't budget, I'm sure, that now they would have to put towards the meal program. Over two years, Sutton's Bay High School has accumulated $3,000 of debt from families who didn't pay for lunches. That was until last month, when the Mitten Brewing Company paid off the students' debt. Sutton's Bay Public Schools Superintendent Tim Smith says paying for school lunches is a challenge for some families in his district. He says he struggles to pay for lunch for his five children. So you're talking $150 a week to feed your kids lunch and breakfast. So sometimes it adds up and other people don't have that luxury to go to the grocery store and they just get in a hole and it's hard to get out of the hole, you know. Over the past two years, several school districts in the region have quietly worked with donors to pay students' debt accounts. This year, in Manistee County, local businesses are working to clear $11,000 of lunch money owed. And Traverse City Area Public Schools had their $4,000 of lunch debt paid off last year by local donors. Other districts work out payment plans with parents who are overdue on lunch money. Ludington Public Schools hired an additional food services position who mainly looks after the accounts with debt. Bottom line, school districts won't let a child go hungry. For Points North, I'm Taylor Wisner. This is Points North. I'm Dan Wanshura. In 2016, the controversial Read by Grade 3 bill was signed into law. It was meant to improve reading and writing for third graders in Michigan. But as the law starts to take effect, IPR's Max Johnston reports, educators are frustrated with how it aims to do that. The second day of class just started at Central Grade School near downtown Traverse City. Teacher Sarah Bajeris, or Mrs. Bajeris in the classroom, has her third graders set some reading goals for the year. What do you need to do to be a better reader? What's Let's one? read more and more. Each student writes their goal on a sticky note and puts it on the board. Bajeris has been teaching grade schoolers for 20 years. She says third grade is key for developing their reading and writing skills. They've been working on learning how to read for a long time, and now they're making that shift in the third grade of reading to learn, getting, gaining information out of that. 
Pajeris' students set reading goals every year, but they're especially important now, because this is the first year that the Read by Grade 3 law, also known as the Third Grade Reading Law, really goes into effect. Its goal is to improve the reading and writing skills of third graders in Michigan. To do that, the state wants to identify children that are falling behind. Then everyone gets together and hatches a plan to catch them up. That all sounds great, right? I guess, what do you think of the bill, just overall? Um, it's tricky. Under the third grade reading law, the state measures student achievement via the Michigan Student Test of Educational Progress, or MSTEP. Bajeris says she's not necessarily teaching to the test, because uniform standards don't always apply to individual students. Some kids are poor test takers, some kids wake up and have a bad day. An NWEA score, unfortunately, or an MSTEP score doesn't always determine the kids, the students' true abilities. Since the third grade reading law passed in 2016, school districts have been getting ready for this year, when the state starts combing over those test scores. Traverse City area public schools hired reading coaches, they trained staff, and tweaked curriculums. It took a lot of time and money to do all that, but... Districts have, for the most part, been left to their own devices on, on what to do. That's Allison Culver, president of the Traverse City Education Association. She says TCAPs didn't have a roadmap to meet the guidelines of the law, and they weren't given much help along the way. I'd like to say that there, was, there were mandates and there was funding that came along with that. Unfortunately, there, there really isn't. And the stakes are high. According to the law, if a student doesn't score at or above their grade level in reading, they run the risk of having to repeat the third grade. Culver says that has educators like herself up in arms. Through fear, through intimidation, through threats, I think we can safely say that, that good things aren't going to come of that. And Governor Gretchen Whitmer doesn't seem to like the third grade reading law either. Here she is in an interview with M Live last March. I, th I think it's destructive, actually, this policy, and that's why I'm going to do everything I can to support kids so that they're successful and work to um, get rid of that, that law. So why did the law pass? During his 2015 State of the State address, then-Governor Snyder was excited about helping kids read proficiently. One of the important metrics in someone's life of the river of opportunity is the ability to be proficient reading by third grade. How have we done? We were at 63% in 2010, we're at 70% today, about a 10% improvement. We can't be proud of that, folks. And educators in TCAPs do say the prep work they put in has worked. Newly trained staff can identify students with reading problems early on, and curriculum changes can keep them from falling behind. Bill DeSessa is a spokesman for the Michigan Department of Education. He says the law isn't perfect, but the Department of Ed has provided some money and trained staff to help school districts out. The law is the law. It's here. Until that changes, we have to abide by and implement uh, with fidelity and, and, and moving forward. As for the threat of holding students back, DeSessa says only 2 to 5 percent of third graders even run that risk. In a statement to IPR, a spokeswoman for Whitmer said that could have a negative impact on kids. Instead, they want to invest more in the classroom. Her budget proposes an increase to school funding by more than $500 million. But as the state fiscal year ends, Governor Whitmer is still deadlocked over the budget with the Republican-led legislature. For Points North, I'm Max Johnston. I'm Dan Wanshura. You're listening to Points North. Well, not only has another school year begun here in northern Michigan, but so too has new leadership for Traverse City Area Public Schools. 
A few months ago, TCAP's board members unanimously chose Anne Carden to lead the district. Earlier this week, I chatted with Anne about her vision for TCAPs, and here's a portion of that interview. What does TCAPs currently do well, and, and what are some of the areas that you want to build off of, and what, what are some of the areas that maybe we don't do so well up here and you want to improve? Um, that's a great question, Dan. One of the things that I think would be presumptuous of me, um, as I've only been on the job since August 1, is to come in with, here's exactly what we need to do. So I presented my plan to the Board of Education, which is really to, to investigate all of those things, and I've already started doing those. What are we doing really well? I can tell you a few things off the top of my head. Um, academically, of course, we're ranked nationally um, with both of our high schools. Um, our fine arts program is phenomenal. But that's my plan, is to really identify what those areas of strengths and weaknesses are, and then present my plan to the board in December. TCAPS is comparatively funded pretty poorly to other schools in the state in regards to per-pupil funding. How do you deal with that as the superintendent? Yeah, it was the same funding that I had in St. Joseph, Michigan, too. Mm-hmm. We were funded at the at the base foundation as well. Um, I think there's a lot of really good movement going on in the state right now. Uh, the work being done by the SFRC, uh, the Finance Research Collaborative, uh, the governor's proposal looking at um, providing funding based on the population of students you serve and that a cookie-cutter approach isn't the way to properly fund schools. And I think we're primed in Michigan to really tackle that tough situation, and that is is appropriately funding Michigan schools because we are underfunded. Do you think the issue is more funding or is it making do with less money? What's your philosophy? No, it's more money. Uh, there's no doubt about it. You can look back and look and see where, in our, in my educator's opinion, Michigan stopped investigating in, edu- in education, and the scores have gone down ever since. You can look at other states that have invested, and when you look at some of those studies and they compare what we receive per pupil with other states that are outperforming us with achievement, there's a pretty substantial gap in between the amount of money they receive versus what Michigan students receive. And you can hear my full interview with TCAP Superintendent Ann Carden, including what she had to say about the future of the Northern Michigan Partnership. Just head over to our website, pointsnorthradio.org. And that's it for the show this week. Don't forget you can find old episodes at pointsnorthradio.org or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also catch the show live Fridays here on IPR News Radio. I'm Dan Wanshura. Max Johnston is our executive producer. See you next week. <laughs>